Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. One kid who plays some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. If you missed the first hour, talk some Aaron Hernandez documentary as well as some XFL, and uh, that'll be up on the Lush Hop Tires podcast. After the show, hour two, we've got Hater to Love It coming up at 10.30. I want to talk the overtime, the uh, not overtime, the onside kick rule change. I want to talk a little Eli Manning as well. But uh, we have to start with Justin Herbert because that's been put off a couple of segments here. So he won the MVP in the Senior Bowl yesterday where he uh, only played, I think, in the first quarter. He went 9 for 13, 83 yards and a touchdown. Also had three carries for 22 yards. His team lost, but, uh, you know, who really cares who wins in that game? It's just uh, watching the players perform, the seniors play in that in that game. He won the MVP for his performance. All week long, he was getting rave reviews from the scouts there and the coaches there talking about how accurate he looked in drills, how he was uh, appeared to be working on his leadership abilities, which has always been questioned with him because he's very quiet. Um, there was a lot of stuff like that. But uh, my overarching thought after Senior Bowl week, well, there's two of them. One, it sounds like Justin Herbert solidified himself as, as a top 10 pick in the draft. There were some questions that maybe he would fall to about the 15 range, um, but it seems as if after senior week or the senior bowl practice week, he is going to be a for sure top 10 pick. There are teams um, in the top 10 of the draft that need quarterbacks. So I'm not going to be surprised if one of those teams like the Panthers is a good example, right? You hire Matt rule as your new head coach. You're not hundred percent sure what's going to happen uh, with Cam Newton. He's probably leaving Kyle Allen looks okay, but maybe not. He's not the starter for the future. Uh, and it looks like they might be doing a one-year, two-year rebuild. Uh, that could be a team down there who I, I'm scrolling to find their exact pick now. My computer's going slow. I believe they're picking seventh, um, who who could take Justin Herbert. So there are a couple of teams there that, uh, yeah, they are taking seventh. That could need, that could use a quarterback. The Chargers are picking sixth, right? Phillip Rivers sounds like he's leaving. He he sold. He's, he's no longer living in the Southern California area. He moved to Florida. Sounds like he might not be the Chargers quarterback anymore. So maybe the, the Chargers take Justin Herbert. And... He did everything that he needed to do to solidify himself as a top 10 pick this week, which is great. Um, the only problem I have is, is the problem that I've had with Herbert all year, basically. It's I'm incredibly worried that he's going to be a bust because the expectations for him are going to be sky high because he, he looks the part. He's got a strong arm. He's really accurate. He's a super nice guy. Um, but watching him play under pressure, struggles. Doesn't go through his reads well at all. And those are two key proponents to being a quarterback in the NFL when you're constantly under pressure and you need to go through your reads because the coverage is tight every single time. So I'm still worried about some of the more basic stuff with him, but 
happy for him that he's able to solidify himself in, into the top 10. I, I've, I'm happy for him as well. I don't feel the same way as you. You know, I think there are a lot of people that look at Herbert and um, think he's kind of a bust. And I think it's because I think he, as I a, think well, he screams bust. Well, I think it's because you, for, for a lot of people, you look at what Oregon has had as far as quarterbacks and uh, you look at a guy like Marcus Mariota and you know how dynamic he was as a quarterback, not just as a thrower, but as a runner of the football. And you look at Herbert and you just don't see um, that kind of dynamic game uh, game changer for you. And I think that's the thing that you look at Herbert and a lot of times he just doesn't jump off the screen to you. But then he'll do something. He'll make a play with his arms like, oh, okay, this kid is really good. And, you know, you talk about he you know, doesn't go through his reads. Well, a lot of that, and we talked about it during uh, one of the breaks, man, a lot of that was the fact that we talked about Oregon's offensive uh, – output and Marcus Arroyo's offense and the fact that uh, at times it was really conservative and it also at times how hurt the receivers were you know he didn't really have a bunch of number ones and twos to throw the ball to and so he kind of had to make things happen staring down one receiver because man you gotta hope Jalen Red gets open because outside of that like who else are you going to throw the ball to for like the first maybe seven eight games of the season for the Ducks so that's what it was for him a lot of times but I'm looking at a guy who you know if you're looking at his, at his passing stats man as far as Making moves and not getting sacked as much. Joe Burrow, who won the Heisman, was sacked more times than uh, than Justin Herbert well, was this year. To be fair, Herbert was playing behind the arguably the best offensive line in college football, and was sacked thirty four times. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, and then uh, Justin Fields also, man from Ohio State, man sacked thirty one well, times. No, Herbert was not sacked. 30. No, I'm saying no, Herbert was sacked twenty four. Yeah, he was playing behind the best you know offensive line. Yes, he was. You know, but you know, Joe Burrow, who won the Heisman. And was this, you know, big game manager who also threw six interceptions. Herbert threw six interceptions on the season. It's like, you know, this this is a guy who's done everything the right way. I think we were expecting more, expecting a Heisman season from him. But I think there's a lot wrong with the offense to where, or excuse me, a lot wrong with the uh, the personnel that you had on offense for most of the year. We didn't know C.J. Verdell was that good until towards the end of the season, last three, uh, two or three games of the season. C.J. Verdell's like, oh, okay, here's the running back that everybody expected to see. So if I think if he'd had a lot of that, you're looking at a much different, uh, you know, story for Justin Herbert. But I'm glad that he put himself in this position. I think he's going to be a great quarterback, depending on where he goes, as long as the leadership is in place. And I think that's the biggest key. Like I- I'm not sure Justin Herbert can fake becoming a better. I think Justin a better leader. Justin Herbert is a quiet guy, no, who yeah, keeps that's... to himself. He he he's more of a Derek. He leads by example. He's more of a Derek Jeter. He's a guy who will do all the right things, and the players will follow him. But I'm. He keeps trying to be this really vocal guy, and that's just not who he I is. I don't think I don't think it's fair to admit, why does the quarterback have to be the vocal leader of the team? Like, I mean, I understand you're the play caller and everything, but why do you have to be the rah rah guy? But I th- I'm saying, like, I think that's when you talk about people's leadership skills. Like, it's always like the quarterback has to be, and I understand, like, you have to be a leader, man. But when the sometimes player, the players look to the quarterback. I mean, he it is the most important position on the field. It's not even close. No, so abso- absolutely, you, it is. Players absolutely look to is. that guy to be a leader. Absolutely, it is. But sometimes, man, it's your 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 running back. That's your your leader. Sometimes it's your 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 center or whatever. That's the that's the leader. Now, mind you, now. Your play caller is the guy that you're going to look at to call a play. But sometimes I think that that whole thing, that leadership thing as the quarterback, I think it can be a little overrated at times, well, just at times. Who's to say how you have to lead? Like, I, I, from, from all accounts, it's the media who has the problem with the way he leads. I never heard Oregon players being like, man, Justin Herbert, man, if he if he could just learn how to lead that huddle or, well, not that they really huddle, but you know what I'm saying? Like, well, that, you would also never hear that from Oregon players. No, but, you would but never, at the same time, what did you hear out of the Senior Bowl this week? 
people were following him around like he was the guy. Like well, because he was the guy. It, it, but <laughs> but if he's if if he doesn't have that leadership qualities, you're gonna follow him around for a week. You're gonna be like, oh, never mind. He might like he's a product of the system. Like players aren't gonna follow him around if he doesn't have any sort of leadership skills. This is something that was manufactured by the media. I'm 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 sorry. Like uh, I'm sorry. You're gonna tell me Eli Manning's a fiery like. Why do we want leader? vocal leaders? Like okay. I understand. Like you don't have to be a vocal leader. You can lead and many other ways and just sit being okay guys clapping your hands let's go let's get out there like i mean sometimes you just need your quarterback to tell you hey man you're effing up strap it up let's go out there and you know some sometimes you don't need the the cheerleader you know it, I, I think sometimes we look at quarterbacks and say man you have to be the cheerleader too man no you don't have to be that was was peyton manning a cheerleader not yeah, at all. I, I you know think what I'm saying? Peyton Manning was a pretty vocal leader. No, he was a, a, a vocal leader when he needed to be. Like, more than anything, it was the, the, the death stares that Peyton would give you. And we hear that from his players all the time. It's just like, man, he, he would just look at you and you knew, okay, I'm sorry, and things like that. Man, some, that's, is that not leadership as well? You know, or, or do you, well, need, that, that or do you being, need somebody yelling at you saying, come on, guys, let's do the, win one for the Gipper? Do you, I, is that what you need? I, I just, maybe it was manufactured by the media, sure, but. Watching him, sometimes his body language, leadership, vocal, whatever you want to say, it's like, oh, I, mean, I wish he was. I wish he he, I wish he drew more people to him. And I think he's worked on it. He's he's gotten better at it. But I'm just not sure that's ever going to change. That's all. Like if I like there were, it's it's like to me it's like when when these there was concerns like this for Josh Rosen. Obviously, to me that was 100 percent justified. And and it was, but yeah, this is is like you're you're talking about a guy. <laughs> that most of the national media hasn't seen because he's played on the West Coast and he plays later games. And let's just face it, people don't see the Oregon Ducks. And he played his senior season. And so that all of a sudden is a red flag. What quarterback in his right mind that ever would be drafted in the first round would ever come back? What a bad decision. Blah, blah, blah. And all the guy did was throw touchdowns. Touchdowns every single game. Who has the longest streak of throwing touchdowns for the, uh, for consecutive games in the nation? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah. So it, it, the, this is the thing. This is the way I look at it. The stats are amazing for Herbert, right? If you look at the stats, only Herbert's the best quarterback. Well, maybe second best quarterback in the country. Joe Burrow's pretty dang good <laughs> uh, setting records and all that. But uh, watching him play every single week, which I did, there were so many times where I sat there and went, oh, no, what are you doing? Right? He... And again, it's just the basis of my argument is this, and it's gonna. It's just how I feel about Herbert. Under pressure, he folds, and he's not good at going through his reads. When you move to the NFL, what are the two most important things as a quarterback? Being able to go through your reads and find the open receiver, and dealing with pressure eff efficiently and effectively. Those are the two of the biggest weaknesses in Justin Herbert's game. The reason uh, I compared him, I think it was a month ago, I said he kind of reminds me of Jared Goff, right? Goff statistically can give you great games. He can give you a great season. Um, he got himself a second huge contract. He made it to a Super Bowl. But Jared Goff under pressure is an anemic quarterback. And Jared Goff is not great at going through his reads. So that's not to say that Justin Herbert's going to be terrible. It's not to say he's going to be Achilles Smith. But I just wonder if there's a limit on how good he can be based on some of those weaknesses unless he 
gets in the right situation with the right coach who gets through to him and how and how to better deal with those situations. But that's with every single quarterback who's not supposed. I mean, even sometimes with the top quarterback off the board, that's the case. You're talking about the guy who's projected to be the third or fourth guy off the board. Still a top ten it, pick, though. It, it, it is, but at the same time, you're talking to also a guy that's going to go probably to a team like the L.A. Chargers, and I'm sorry, how many teams in the top to the ten? I hope he avoids that. I'm, no, that but I'm just saying, I don't necessarily do, because how many teams in the top ten come with rosters as ready to win as the Chargers? Let's face it, man. The Chargers had a bad season this year, but it's not because they have a bad roster. That's... That's not the Cleveland Browns of a couple years ago. That's not the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins, the Washington Redskins, blah, blah, blah. You're talking about a team that for some reason had a really bad year, probably because their quarterback finally ran into that wall and they lost. But you're you're talking about all pro players on the defense. You're talking about... Like you guys, you got Keenan Allen, you got, uh, I mean, Austin Eckler, you got Mike Williams. You have talent there that as a rookie quarterback, not to mention, you don't have to be the guy there as the quarterback right now. You don't like they can build that deep. They have a good defense. They can build a strong running game like that. As far as a place, you're going to be a third quarterback. That's a place to succeed. I know it's the chargers and they charge it, but roster wise, they do charge it. Roster wise, telling me that there's not really a better roster in the top ten than he could land on. I also, I also wouldn't hate if he went to the Panthers. You got Christian McCaffrey there to help you guys. Yeah, that'd no, be that great. would be a good one too. That would be great. Uh, I'd rather he go play for the Panthers under Matt Rule, who seems to build a good culture and and foster a good environment versus whatever the hell the Chargers do. But those are probably the two teams he'll probably end up yeah, on. Yeah, no, absolutely. So wh- Wait, no, no, hold on one second. Just one final thought on that is you said it's not what I view in my third quarterback taken, but when you are that high of a pick, you better damn well be good at that. I think. Deshaun Watson was taken what? What was he, 11th, 12th, 15th? 12th. 12th. Deshaun Watson had that in spades, right? Watching him play at the Clemson under pressure, going through his reads, making plays, it was like, wow, Deshaun Watson is special. And he was, what, the third or fourth quarterback taken that year? That is what I – if I'm viewing Justin Herbert in that lens, top 12, top 10 pick, he better damn well be good at that. So hopefully he goes to a place where he can fix that quickly because he is not good at that. Well, I don't know if he's not good that. at that or it did or one thing. What's the one thing that's been criticized for Oregon since basically we switched up to this new offensive style? Oh, man, they run the ball too much. Yeah. They don't pass in the right situation. Blah, blah, blah. Like like he hasn't necessarily been given the opportunity to excel in those situations either. Like, no, I mean, the offense has not been great for him. I would agree. They did not get, use him to his full strengths. But. Again, I'm not sure that matters in in the case of him not being able to deal with pressure. And I think that because matters. There will always be pressure. I think that does matter because again, you just said it, they, they didn't even use him at full strength. They only used parts of Justin Herbert, and we didn't even get to see the full package that is Justin Herbert because Arroyo kind of had these, you know, restraints on the offense and everything. So you I didn't mean, even see him run for like the last two weeks of the season. No, I, I mean, by his Finally, his yeah. his sophomore year, he had like eight rushing touchdowns. He had like five this year. And mind you, he didn't even he barely very seldom it took was off all running. In the last two games, and yeah. also we got to think about this, man. We, we keep talking about the teams that don't need a quarterback at the moment. There's guys with aging quarterbacks that are on their way out. You got you look look at it the the Steelers. You know, they, they're in a position that like they need to figure out what they're doing. They and we have know a first round pick though. We they don't have a first round pick, but I mean not to say that they can't trade into the first round. Like we know things can happen. We know the Saints are in a spot to where yeah, I think they 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 know Drew Brees is getting older, and Drew Brees came out earlier, I think, like yesterday, and said he's gonna figure out if he wants to retire over the next little bit. There are teams that are in need 
of quarterbacks, especially towards the end of the draft, too. So if Herbert does fall, we've seen it happen. We saw Aaron Rodgers fall all the way to 22. Like, really? So it, it can definitely happen out there. So I think the grass is greener for Herbert, if he, especially if he gets drafted towards the end of the draft. A couple of other notes before we break and move on. Uh, Anthony Gordon, Wazoo quarterback, 8 for 12, 69 yards, two touchdowns for the North team. We had a, a Cougs fan ask why he didn't win the MVP. I don't know. I don't really know how you pick the MVP. He, he threw two touchdowns. He played really well. Uh, Jalen Hurts did not play very well. Six of 13, did throw a touchdown, but also had a pick. Also uh, six carries for negative seven yards. Uh, so not great. I think some of those are sacks. Steven Montez, Colorado quarterback, did not play well at all. Three for eight, 22 yards and an interception as well. Uh, Utah State's Jordan Love, who's getting some love going into the draft again after a bad year under Gary Anderson, uh, only threw six passes for 26 yards for the North team. So there's your notes from the quarterbacks there. If you care, Shea Patterson, Michigan started for the North, six of 10, 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Coming up next, are you interested in this new onside kick idea that the NFL is floating here in the Pro Bowl? I think it is one of the smartest ideas they've floated in a long time. And I can thank our favorite team for that. Uh, our favorite team, Jesse and I's favorite team for this idea. That's next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Pro Bowl is today, and they are messing with a classic part of the game that has no longer become all that viable. So the onside kick, as the years have gone on, they've changed the rules so that you can't overload one side of the field. And the percentage of success for onside kicks has drastically fallen. It used to be around, I think, like 18 to 20% success rate. And now it's at like 7 or 10% in that range of success, which is horrible if you're trying to come back late in the game. Uh, and it's it's gotten to the point now where we saw only in one game the Bears recovered like two onside kicks. And beyond that, I don't think I saw a successful one in the entire season. It was one of those years. So the NFL, based on a rule that the Broncos proposed a year or two ago and was turned down by the owners is going to in the pro bowl. Uh, try this out today. So instead of an onside kick, you have two options. When you score, you can kick the ball off to the other team as per usual, or you get the ball at the 25 yard line and you have a fourth and 15. If you convert the first down, you keep the ball wherever you got it. If you don't, the team gets the ball wherever the ball is. If you get sacked for 10-yard loss, the team gets the ball at the 15-yard line. Um, if you get eight yards, they get the ball where the ball was stopped. But if you get over 15, like let's say you complete a 60-yard play, you get the ball all the way back down on the other team's territory. And I think this idea is absolutely brilliant because fourth and 15 success rate is, I want we did this this week or last week on the show, I want to say it is um, 18 to 20%, which is about what onside kicks used to be. It's not that, it's not that high of a success rate, but what it does is it creates a play that's really exciting and it allows the offense the chance to get that play, to get the to get there to keep the ball versus the a fluky kind of bounce on an onside kick, right? It's more based on skill versus based on luck, which onside kicks were so often based on luck. Um I think this is brilliant. I think this is such a smart idea. I would love if a team was down by 14 points, they score a touchdown, they're down by seven, there's 30 seconds to go and they get a fourth and 15, and they got to try to complete that for a first down, that's awesome. 
That is such a smart way to make the game more exciting and get rid of a play that's gotten to be basically non-existent. I so love it. So wait, so team scores. Yep. And then instead of doing an onside kick, they get to go. They either kick it like normal or go for it on fourth and 15. One play. So, okay. Um, Do you not no. like it? No. Why? I mean, just because I'm I'm all for making the game safer. I'm not for making it easier. That's you know what I mean? Like it's it sounds like I mean well I just because said the percentage is eighteen percent. Well, what's the, well, well what's the percentage as far as fourth and fifteen? You that's, know? that's what I'm saying. Is that's it what hi- it is? Is it higher or is no? It, it's eighteen percent. What was fourth the, and fifteen conversions happen at about an eighteen percent rate? And what's the percentage of uh, onside kicks that are converted yeah. currently? Yeah, eight percent. Again, so that's not eighteen percent. Isn't better than eight? Well, of like, course, making it like I said. So the, no, 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 stop, stop. Hold on. The reason they're doing this is because onside kicks used to be about 18% and have become almost impossible, right? So that's why they want to go back to that level of percentage of chance because no teams are getting onside kicks anymore. It's, it's, if you're trying to come back, the onside kick no longer is a viable choice. Well, I think the onside kick now, more than anything, is about skiing and stuff like that. So, no, seriously. Like, it's never certain, successful. There's, well, it's, it, can, it can be. And I don't want to say just because all of a sudden it's not never successful that it, it can't be. So we've seen it work, and we've seen teams go. What about the Super Bowl, where all of a sudden the um, the Saints went for the onside kick and and got yeah. it, you know? And so, but that, what I'm saying, Rashad, is they changed the rule. I understand. They no longer you can no longer overload the one side of the field. I understand. Yeah. So it that that severely limited the success of the play. I don't know. Again, it's it seems like it, this is just me. This is just me. I'm all for making the game safer, easier. That's something else. They already put gloves in the on all the receivers that had to stick them on them. So they can catch them better and everything. Like so much of the game is getting easier for me. And then this is something silly. We're gonna do this. I'm I'm all good for trying this out and seeing how it works. I could be wrong, and this could be brilliant, and I could absolutely love it. But for now, just hearing it, it's like, eh, I don't know if I like that. But why are you gonna use the Pro Bowl as the guinea pig for this? Like, of, of, I mean, I understand the preseason. That makes sense, total sense. You know, because at the end of the day, you still got man guys out there that are trying to get themselves in shape, play for rosters, spots, all type of stuff. This is one of those things where you got guys playing half-speed football. Like, why on earth would you try one of your new rule changes today? Like, I mean, that's just that seems silly to me. Like, it I is underst- a little strange. I understand yeah. wanting to do it, and you know, I understand. Like, even though at the mo- at the moment, I'm like, uh, I don't like it. But again, I could be wrong, and this could be a brilliant idea. And I was just late to the table. I, I think the reason they're doing it now is because they have control over doing it now. Because the owners said no to this because the owners hate change. Right? We always see this. The owners are always resistant in the beginning. Because the, the Broncos put this up for a vote, I want to say it was a year or two ago. I can't remember the exact year. I think it was last year. And the owners voted it down. The NFL doesn't need to put this to a vote. They're just saying, it's the Pro Bowl. We're going to do it. But if they're going to put it into preseason games, they got to put it to a vote. That's probably why mm-hmm. they're doing it in the Pro Bowl. I agree that it's probably not the best place to test it out. because, Although, because it's the Pro Bowl, maybe you'll see it more often than not. Maybe the teams will say, ah, oh, we'll try to go for it on 4th and 15. Why not? And didn't didn't the owners initially say no to this same That's what kind I, of yeah. thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they've said no because they hate change. Yes. Well, they hate change. I understand. This is the very, this rule to me is very similar to the extra point thing, right? The extra point was as automatic as it gets and they moved it back and now it's a more challenging play. It's not, I mean, most often teams will more often than not teams will make the extra point, but misses will happen and it affects the game. Uh, It's the same, but on the opposite side, onside kicks are almost impossible now. Whereas when we liked the onside kick and we liked it as an exciting play and we liked it as a, re- a way that teams can come back, it was a slightly more successful play. This, 
The fourth and 15 matches what the onside kick used to be before they changed the rules for safety purposes and would allow for more excitement because I bet you more often than not fans want to watch a fourth and 15 play than an onside kick. <laughs> it's more exciting. There's more things that can happen. And it's still going to be tough, especially if you know it's happening. A team can literally play like sideline and like back zone defense to just keep the players in front of them. It's, it'll be easier to defend than than on a regular fourth and 15 because you know they have to get it no matter what. So it, I, I think it, it's still going to be super difficult, but just fun. But it is, you're right, it is going to be weird to do in the Pro Bowl. All right, let's move on. Hate it or love it is coming up next, and then we'll talk to Eli Manning in the final segment. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Here's Jesse with Sport. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Oh, the music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. I'm very curious what Jesse's got today because um, I said we would talk some Super Bowl today, but we didn't because we talked the XFL for 30 minutes. We didn't even instead. mention it. Well, a little bit in the beginning Kinda. of the show. But we're going to talk Eli instead at the end because... Uh, Rashad's got some hot, passionate Eli takes, so we'll not, talk about that. Not really. Well, I mean, you seemed excited about it, so you're like, we'll just, yeah. you know, let's do it. Let's talk some Eli. Yeah, we'll talk. Let's face it. XFL, way more entertaining to talk about than the Super <laughs> we Bowl. We did spend a lot of time talking about Vince McMahon and the XFL. Well, we today. also have an entire show next week to talk about the Super Bowl, so I don't mind that we didn't talk about it because it means there's more to talk about next week, which is great. Makes it easier to prep for the show. Okay, Jesse, what do you got for Hate It or Love It today? Uh, well, uh, hate it or love it today. Um, well, uh, we had an interesting player come out and say he's going to need about a month to figure out whether he's going to want to retire or not. And uh, Drew Brees. Now, we all know Drew Brees, one of the best all times at the position. Uh, setting records left and right this last season. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. But uh, last couple of years also kind of falling flat towards the end. Um, love or hate today, surprisingly, will be the last day that you see Drew, Bla- Drew Brees on the football field run in place. I'm going to go ahead and say hate on this one. We've seen this with other quarterbacks before where they say, oh, I'm going to think about retiring and let you know in a month. I think Drew Brees still has a lot left to give. Uh, you are right in the playoffs. He has faded a little bit these last two games. Uh, he played really poorly this year against the Vikings and had the big fumble when they got into Vikings territory, which would have changed the game, and he fumbled the ball away, also had an interception. He also threw the pick against the Rams despite the bad pass interference call in overtime of the NFC Championship game last year. So he's had some weaknesses in the playoffs, but watching him play, I mean, he's still so good. Yes, he's not the same Drew Brees as he used to be, but he he still throws the ball super accurately. He still is great at audibling at the line of scrimmage and changing the play. I mean, he is a master up there with that offense. Um, I don't think the Saints would be necessarily heartbroken if he retired because they can just go to Teddy Bridgewater, who played pretty well in Brees' absence this year with the thumb injury. But uh, I don't think Brees is ready to give it up yet. We saw Big Ben do this where every year, ah, I might retire, ah, I'm not going to retire. I think we might be getting there with Breeze where he does this for a couple of years and then finally hangs it up. But, uh, yeah, so I'll say hate. 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate it as well. Um, Drew Brees is somebody that's been just the model of consistency since he's been uh, in the NFL, and more particularly uh, since he's been with the Saints for 14 years. You know, you look at these past few years, and yes, the numbers have fallen off, but he's still incredibly efficient when he's out there. This year, he threw 27 touchdowns and only four interceptions. And we forget that he missed four games uh, with the thumb injury that he had. Excuse me, missed five games uh, with the thumb injury. So he's somebody that can still get the ball done. And think about this, of all the older guys in the league right now, I mean, including Eli, who just retired, Eli and Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, man, he's the best of the four of them right now. As a quarterback, he's the best passer still. He's the one that still looks like he has some strength in that arm, even though he's the smallest of the four of those guys. He's the one that's actually held up the best as far as actually being able to play the quarterback position. So I still think Drew Brees has at least another year, maybe two left in him. He's 40, he's 40 now. Tom Brady's 42 at this point. Yeah, I think Drew Brees can play at least another year. I thought Tom Brady was 48. He's somewhere around. He's old. He's old enough. 65? To, yeah, he's up there. He's a great-looking 65-year-old. I'm Pul- hoping Pul- I look Franco that good. Age. Yeah, I'm hoping I look that good when I'm 65. Fingers crossed. All right, moving on. Let's see here. What do we got here? Ah, uh, yes, as the Super Bowl approaches, we get, you know, other ex-players that like to maybe lament on former Super Bowl losses or, you know, just kind of what could have been that kind of stuff, right? So uh, recently, Donovan McNabb came out talking about how T.O. was a distraction heading into the Super Bowl. Love or hate, Donovan McNabb is just a player with sour grapes. Oh, oh, first of all, don't you Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Talking about the orange. <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say hate because Donovan McNabb is great and one of the best Syracuse quarterbacks of all time. And I love him to death. Uh, also, uh, m- do you remember that Super Bowl? T.O. was a distraction. I mean, there was there were talks that entire year that T.O. was was as good of a player as he was. He, he was a distraction in the locker room. Um now he, he was also hurt that year so let's give him a little bit of credit the other way that he was dealing with the, the leg injury in that year but um there is way too much smoke around terrell owens for there not to be fire there there were reports constantly that he was a distraction there were reports that he was you know sometimes a little bit too much about me 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 and not as much about the team 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 uh, i mean we saw so saw as much with the shirtless driveway workout when he was a free agent where he was just like hey guys you want to come look at me be shirtless and gorgeous and uh, do this huge workout in front of you just because, you know, I just want to prove my worth as I lift this barbell up and down. Uh, I mean, that's who T.O. is. Uh, that's okay, too. You're allowed to be that way as a, as a really, really good receiver. It's okay. I mean, we accept that as, as a part of that position unless you go too far like Antonio Brown has done. But uh, there was smoke. There was fire. I don't think Donovan McNabb is sour grapes. He's probably right. Why, why would he lie about that? So, hey. Love. Donovan McNabb is a hater, and that's it. If you ain't listened to him on his radio show no, or on anything, man, Donovan McNabb sister, is mouth. a hater. Donovan McNabb was a great fo- a football player, though. We can't forget how good Philadelphia was, four straight NFC championships, even a trip to the Super Bowl. But when did they get to the Super Bowl? Let's just go ahead and be real. Who got them to the Super Bowl? It was Terrell Owens and coming in there and having the amazing year that he had. Once they got to the Super Bowl, who was the best player on the field for either team? 
I'll let you know. It was Terrell Owens. I have the numbers right here in front of me. He had nine catches for 122 yards in the Super Bowl. He did everything his team could do. And what did McNabb do? He threw up when his time when his team needed him the most. And he said he didn't come through or he, he didn't do that. He didn't come through for his team. This is the same guy that came out a few, uh, what, a few months ago and said that he was a better player than was it, uh, or his, his Hall of Fame, his numbers are more Hall of Fame than I think it was, um, Jeez, quarterback for, for uh, Troy Aikman. He said he should be a Hall of Famer over Troy Aikman if you look at their numbers. Troy Aikman won two, what, three Super Bowls at that point? So two, three Super Bowls? So you get out of here with that, man. McNabb is somebody that comes he's off. He's not wrong. His numbers were better than Troy Aikman. Well, his numbers were better than Troy Aikman, but Troy Aikman wasn't asked, you know, had a much better team kind of around him and things. But Troy Aikman was also a winner when it mattered. You can say whatever you want about Don McNabb. You had four state chances to get to the Super Bowl. One of them actually made it, and then you didn't come through when your team needed you. T.O., be it a distract, distraction or whatever, top three all-time receiving yards, top three all-time receiving touchdowns. Like, yeah, he's one of those guys. Donovan, McNabb, have to be a Donovan McNabb will not be mentioned as you talk about the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He might be on the list of 100. T.O. is going to be the, on the list of three when you talk about the greatest receivers of all time. McNabb seems like sour grapes right now because he's kind of forgotten about. And to my knowledge, I don't think he has that gold jacket yet, does he? No. Okay, and T.O. does. And I rest my case. You can be a distraction all you want Very to. Very passionate. Hey, Randy Moss is a distraction too. Does he have a gold jacket? Right. Saying. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, I'd, but I'd probably it was probably true. That's why probably I argued true. the other way. It was absolutely true. It was absolutely true. He is a, he is a distraction, but... You just some, said you thought it was false. Okay. No, I mean, he would... All right, Jesse. He was a distraction. Yes, he was. <laughs> but make no mistake about it. He was the reason Philadelphia was so great that year. Let's Let's not... You know, forget that. We possibly have the biggest discrepancy in score going into the final round ever well, in the history. You liked Rashad's takes there, I could tell. Yeah, uh, we're we're looking at we're looking at a uh, four point spread right now. Right. Rashad is the uh, old Golden State Warriors Ooh. right now. Come on, third quarter. That's right. Let's go. That's right. He's just blowing you out. All right. Uh, uh, I may five... have let my bias cloud me. That's okay. But I love me some. You know, I'm not biased. You know I'm not biased. No, I'm saying I let my bias. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're serious. Yeah. I love McNabb yeah. too, but McNabb is a hater. What I'm saying is, it comes to To. Dude has had nothing but like like excuses about other people as to why they never won the Super Bowl. It was never about McNabb. Never about McNabb or whatever. Like whatever. All right. Moving on. Uh, we talked a lot about Justin Herbert today. We linked Justin Herbert to the Chargers. Uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers. You know, there are some other teams out there that could possibly move up. The uh, New England Patriots, for example, looking for a quarterback could possibly move up. I'm just saying there are lots and lots of teams that could possibly move up with the draft capital and, and get this guy. Love or hate, for the Chargers to get their guy, they are going to have to move up in the draft. I'm going to say love on that one because uh, of a couple of reasons. One, Justin Herbert is going to be a combine darling superstar, just like he was at the senior bowl. Everything Justin Herbert does well is going to do well at the combine. He is a physical specimen. He throws the ball really well. He's fast. He's going to do great in the interviews. So teams are going to fall in love with Justin Herbert at the quarterback position at the combine for sure. Uh, so you go, you know, Joe Burrow is going number one overall to the Bengals. The Dolphins have the fifth pick and are likely going to take Tua. Uh, and after that, it, you don't know. Uh, there are teams in the middle there who might trade down because teams want to trade up to get Tua or Herbert. 
Uh, so yeah, the Chargers, if they if they want Herbert, if they are if they don't want a quarterback that's good, if they specifically want Herbert, they might need to trade up a little bit, uh, up to maybe number five. If the Dolphins say trade up a tiny bit to get a quarterback, they because they got a ton of draft capital to do that too, they might need to trade up a spot or two as well. I, I could 100% see there being a really fast run early on these top three guys, uh, maybe in the top five if it gets down to that. So love, I'll love that they uh, they trade up. Uh, if they really want them, I'll love that they trade up as well. You know, Lynch makes a lot of great points. And number one, I think we think Tua is going to be the quarterback that goes first. But I'm not so sure. There's a chance that, man, people are scared by the injuries. People are scared by the height and stuff of Tua. And they decide not to uh, go ahead and take him. We do. We all know that Burrow is going to go first overall to Cincinnati. So that kind of goes without saying. But, yeah, I could absolutely see uh, them trading up just to make sure they're 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 safe because while we think that they will draft to it, there's a chance they might not. But so if you want to go ahead and move up uh, to that fifth spot, I think that's a great opportunity for you to do it. So yes, I love that they'll, that they can do it. I don't think they will because I think the dolphins have been the dolphins for years. And so they're probably looking for new leadership at this point at the quarterback position. So I can see Tua being the guy to step in at that point. But I think Herbert uh, had again, had obviously had a better year last year and so i would go with him but i believe that he's gonna definitely go to the Chargers. number one i don't Chargers are gonna they philip rivers going herbert's going to the Chargers. he's gonna be the new guy unless unless something changes he's gonna be right there at six but i think two is gonna go five and then or in the top five because everybody else has a quarterback herbert's gonna be the next charger all right rashad wins we don't need to we don't need to do oh all suspense. oh uh how do you feel about that rashad i like it play the music yeah. Uh, all right. Well, our our <laughs> winner today, our, our winner today by um, from Sour Grapes McNabb over here uh, can't handle it, but uh, Rashad Taylor gets the W today. Awesome, Jesse. You can join us in this conversation. This next, uh, we had a co- we were gonna have a conversation about Eli that's gonna last a long time. Now it's just gonna be a shorter conversation. Well, Is we Eli? A full, we have a full segment. We actually are off on time. Well, that's good. That's a change. Yeah. Well, we're going to ask, man, is he Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? You're going to hear it first right here on Sports Sunday. The fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Oh, that's right. I did win, huh? Yeah. That's my music, isn't it? It is. Glorious. I love it, man. Sitting here like, well, yo, I'm like, I'm so you I've been so used to you kind of stealing the show. So I have well, won a couple weeks in a row, I feel like. You have, and so now it feels good, but uh you slaughtered me this week. Uh that's I I mean, I, I had to come back strong, man. I was tired of losing. And somebody else who was tired of losing and finally decided to hang it up. Man, Eli Manning, number 10, New York Giants, uh decided earlier this week that you know after about 16 years 16 years all he decided with all with one team which is super impressive after bitching his way out of getting to the chargers he went to the giants i mean but it was at the end of the day great decision because we're st- we just finished talking about philip rivers never being to the super bowl and eli manning has played and won two of them so i think it's safe to say that he had the he all the all the bitching and moaning it worked out for him yeah. because he ended up coming out the question is after the two Super Bowl wins, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. It's not, uh, to me, it's not even that much of a question. It's if he had not won a Super Bowl, I think he would have more of a debate. But he won two of them. 
Uh, both of them against the Patriots. Both of them with miraculous passes at the end of the game, including the David Tyree one, where he broke the sack and like skittered around three of for, for like eight yards and still threw the pass. Then the perfect ball to Mario Manningham on the left sideline as well. Sorry to bring up bad memories, but it's, um, it's it's all good. You know, it it, it sucked. A lot to, of good memories too. Yeah, lots of good ones. But you know, Eli definitely haunted some some dreams for a long time. Even still, to where I see the uh, David Tyree catch, it just. Uh, I just get a, a bubbling in my stomach that just feels terrible. That's called diarrhea. It Eli might be. reminds me a lot of like I, I had that this debate a few years ago with uh, one of our old engineers, Kevin Davis, and uh, you know he's a big Dallas Cowboy fan. Obviously, I'm Bronco fan, and Manning at the time was doing what Manning was doing at the time, and you know he had Tony Romo doing what Tony Romo did, and. You know, Tony Romo, what, what what was Tony Romo? He was almost like a joke, right? Gave away the game all the time. Clutch moments, blah, 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 blah. Bad picks, blah, blah, blah. When you actually go back, like, it, it was really interesting. This is the one of my favorite debates because we actually did go back and you're looking at it and you're like, holy crap, Tony Romo doesn't get the love that he should Oh, no, get. absolutely like, not. That guy, for as big of a joke as he was, he was legit, like, like, that guy is a Hall of Fame caliber oh, and, quarterback, and, no doubt. And then all of a sudden you hear him do commentary and you go, you are so freaking smart. Right? You know, so how did smart. you know that? Yeah. Like, so now often, I think that really gave Romo uh, an extra nod. Is like, okay, you were really good at quarterback. Because, again, you look at Romo's numbers and they're incredible. Eli's numbers don't look like Romo's. You know, but I think but it, I think in a different way, if you go back and you reflect on his career moments, like what he meant for the team, all of these things, you're like, oh, no, man, Eli, like, he might have been one of the biggest, like – players to change the course of a franchise in a, a long time. Not just time. the franchise, but a city. You know what I'm saying? New York, outside of the Yankees, wh- where is the the, 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 the hardware? Where is it, where's the championships coming from? Like, it's not the Knicks, you know, and maybe the Rangers? I don't know how good the Rangers have been have over the past few years. Recently, no. Okay, so, I mean, really, as far as winning championships in New York, it's been Eli Manning getting to the Super Bowl, the biggest, the biggest sport in the country, the NFL, and he's won twice, you know, and the, the team that he beat, he beat the Evil Empire. Like, and he did it twice. He beat the greatest team of all time, and then he beat, man, a team that everybody thought was just going to run through them with the two-headed monster at the tight end position, and we talked about one of them earlier. It's like he's made some brilliant – we talk about a lot about the David Tyree catch. We forget about the, the the pass that he had to, uh, I believe it was Plaxico, on the other side to win the game, you know, when he got Plaxico at the corner of the end zone to win the game. Like, that was a brilliant play by Eli, and he's done that for two Super Bowls. Like, it's, during winning time, we had – that was a real conversation – Who's a better, who's more clutch, him or Peyton Manning? Because at that point, Peyton hadn't won anything. And we were really having the conversation for a long time. Who was more clutch? I think it's Peyton Manning. And then he won again. It's like, uh, he's leaving Big Brother in the dust. That's the exact word, right? right? Like, you just mentioned what makes him a Hall of Famer, and it's not a quantifiable stat, right? Like, like we talk about, oh, he doesn't have the stats. He doesn't have the stats of Drew Brees or his brother or whatever. But what he did is, in the biggest moments, he rose in the biggest way. We've never seen Peyton play like that in a Super Bowl. It, never, it, ever. It, it, it agreed. As as somebody who thought Peyton was the best I ever saw play the position, you're right. His brother, in the biggest moment, had bigger moments. He uh, was bigger. He was clutch. I and, also think the only reason we're asking this question is because Eli played so poorly the last few years. Yes. I think people are looking at Eli Manning in the lens of who he is now as a retiring aging quarterback who lost his job to Daniel Jones. Recency bias. Um, and that previous years, he was a bit more of an interception machine and he just, you know, you had the Eli face, right? He always looked so disinterested and bored and weird on the sideline, but 
it's easy to forget how good he was. I mean, you're right. He did turn the Giants franchise into a perennial winning team. Well, Tom Coughlin did too, but uh, I mean, he was the quarterback. He was the guy who was there. And it's amazing. Winning a Super Bowl will erase all all negative things eventually. Um, I mean, hell, we even do it for Drew Brees right now, right? Bree- Brees has not played great in the playoffs lately, but he won a Super Bowl, so we don't really talk about it. Whereas when you look at guys who have never won a Super Bowl, it's like constant judgment. Oh, he never won the Super Bowl. We're going to judge him constantly. Eli won two Super Bowls, and at the end of the day, when you look at his career, you're going to look at his numbers, which are top 10 in every category except for like one. You're going to look at his Super Bowl wins, and you're going to go, yeah, he was kind of bad at the end, but who isn't? And there's only a couple guys that are playing currently that have multiple Super Bowl rings. A couple. Man, Roethlisberger. Tom Tom, uh, Brady, obviously, and there you go. That's it. That's it. You know, current (laughs) players, there's only a couple with multiple Super Bowl rings, and Eli just happens to be one of those guys. So that should let you know all about, man, who's been one of the best quarterbacks over the past 20 years. And for 16 or for 10 of those 16 years, man, Eli was one of the top 10 quarterbacks. All right, that's going to do it for us today. If you missed any of the show and want to listen back, it'll be on the Les Schwab Tires podcast on 1080thefan.com and on the radio.com app. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11. Super Bowl! Full Super Bowl preview show, 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 show. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. We haven't talked about it yet. So Chief Snyder's all the stuff we can get to in the two hours that we have next week, 9 to 11. Enjoy the Pro Bowl if you watch it. Uh, if you're not, enjoy a free Sunday without sports that tie you down to the couch, if that's your sort of thing. And we'll see you next week. This one's for Pat! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.